this is Shane, and I'm here as always with uh, Abby and Spencer, and today we have a special guest. I can use your full name, right? Yeah. <laughs> Liv Flott, Hello. Our, good, our good dear friend from high school. And then we should also uh, shout out uh, Cops Pizza for giving us some good dinner today. Yes. Uh, 72nd and Pacific right by the coast. So yeah, If you like good cupped pepperonis, they're very thoroughly cooked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. going to talk about gardening and queerness which on the surface might not make sense how they fit together but as Liv, me and Cecilia, her sister were talking about last night, I feel like they're the two are intertwined. Yes, they definitely, I know, I don't know if we can people explain that. and plants yeah, and gardening, they are tied together. There is a connection for sure and it, yes. Like, the, are you saying, like, the communities overlap in a lot of ways? I think... Or are you going the, even deeper? Ev I mean, I think there's an even deeper, okay. like, level to it. But I know, like, a lot of people in, like, who, like, are queer, like, in the queer community, like, have plants. And I think a lot of that stems from, like, taking care of things and, like, having a consistent, like, I don't know, not someone but something to like go to and take care of and it's like always kind of with you and right you know like when you're like a queer person i think you have a lot of people like cut off from you and a lot of people who like kind of just fade out of your life mm -hmm. so like i don't know plants are consistent like if you keep them alive thing. but wow. you know yeah. so if you keep them alive right well actually um uh, Shane and I were talking a while ago, and he informed me that plants have a level of consciousness, which I didn't realize before, which I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have really only, like, dived a teeny bit into that, like, with, like, mushrooms, because, like, <laughs> mushrooms definitely, like, yeah. people obviously, like, talk about how they have, like, a huge you know impact like on our minds and like because they have like such a big they're, they're more than a plant they're like a whole being but i don't know i think there's a lot of different aspects to plants like more than we know yeah like yeah. um i don't know like they purify your air which like always blows my mind i think people forget that that like mm -hmm. plants like they're like purpose is that so like reduce yeah. oxygen, yeah. <laughs> purify your air. So in like that self, but also um, you can like plant plants with like intentions. So like spiritually, like connect oh, yes. with them. Um, like if you plant like herbs with intentions, like basil is like known for like, money. Like you, if you like wow. plant it, grow it, nurture it, you're like bound to get money. So if you do it with that intention, it's like almost you know like heightened. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's sure almost delving into like a psychic connection. With the yes, body, which yes. is something you really sounds <laughs> sounds pretty far out to most people. It is. It definitely uh, is. I would say like I can all I'm like I can almost get on board. I think because I can I can tell like I think what what you're kind of saying by those associations being made. It's like by setting that intention, like the plant is like granting you this this like 
willpower or maybe like ability to mm-hmm. att- obtain whatever that said thing is and it's just like this resource that we've developed yeah people yeah I, mean, I, I don't know i can see that i also my sister mentioned to me like the other day that our conscience our consciousnesses is that right yeah. yeah yeah is far more developed than like our actual physical being um and like plants have like a consciousness as well and I know that like sounds so crazy. I know mm-hmm. this like is very like far fetched for a lot of people, but I do think that like our consciousnesses and like plants can intertwine and like yeah. produce I don't know, Definitely. like healing things and like Definitely. beneficial things for your life. Yeah. Well it's like when we have funerals we oftentimes send flowers and like mm-hmm. when my grandma funeral was like happening um we had a ton of plants sent to us and we like took one home and it's um kind of tree like and we got it in december and like we're able to like watch it grow and keep like helping it grow which is kind of like mm-hmm. like symbolizes my grandma or is like a memory of her i suppose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely cool. yeah that's so cool it is Definitely watching plants grow is so satisfying. Yes. And there's something very, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, not, just, like, nurturing something is so, so satisfying. Yes. Like, going around yes. looking at my plants every day and seeing little buds on, like, the plants, I get so excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so, like, proud of myself for, like, doing it, but also I'm, like, so proud of them. I'm, like, good job. <laughs> like, you're doing yeah. great. Like, we're doing this together. Yeah. And it and it does it right before your eyes. And even, like, with the light change in my apartment, like, I'll notice some plants, like, are curved to the left, and then, like, later in the day, they're curved to the right. And I'm, like, we never even noticed. Like, they just yeah. did that? Like, yeah. What? That's I didn't crazy. see. Um, yeah, I would like love to put a time lapse on my plants one day and just see what they do, mm-hmm. like far, like of all yeah. of them, and like up close on a few ones. Dude, that'd be super cool. Mm-hmm. I guess um, I have a question about how it all started. Like, how did you get into planting or gardening? Like, did your parents have any influence on that, or how did it start? I think together, both my roommate and I, she definitely got me back into it um because i would have been like moving around a lot like after i graduated high school um, i was never like in a steady place where i could have plants and then when i came back to uh, nebraska from hawaii in december i decided that i was like going to stay here for a while so i was like okay i can like have plants and like kind of like no pun intended like plant some roots here for a while (laughs) um so i was like yeah i i can do it and bryn like has always had plants my roommate in her like past apartments she's kind of like showed me how to take care of them and showed me more of like the fun in it um she made it seem really exciting like i know when i was younger i was like all these like old people obsessed with plants (laughs) um and I totally get it now because it's so I don't know I'm a person that like I love completing a task and I feel like planting it growing it if you have like vegetables or something harvesting it that's so satisfying um so yeah she got me into it and then we decided we were going to move in together and we were like we don't want to spend a lot of money on like furniture or like TV, you know, like we don't need any of that stuff. 
I mean, we do, but, like, yeah. at a cheaper price. But um, we decided, like, what we wanted to really, like, ball out on was, like, our plans. Yes. <laughs> so this, like, last summer, um, we were both living with our parents for two months. So, like, what we did was we just kind of, like, thrifted for, like, random things for our apartment and, like, find plants. And so, like, all we did was, like, repot plants and, like, propagate plants and, like, really, like, gathered a ton. So when we, like, moved them in... We had them all, and she's definitely had a ton of plants from her old apartment, so yeah. it, like, was easy to, like, I don't know, kind of add on. Right. But, yeah, she's shown me everything, like, I know now. But my dad did garden a lot. Like, he mm -hmm. would always make, like, homemade salsa from, like, all of his, like, yeah. garden. Um, and my mom was really big into gardening, but, like, I don't think either of them ever showed me, like, how to do it or anything, but it maybe stems from them. I don't, I'm not sure, but yeah. I, I owe it all to Brynn. <laughs> <laughs> to Brynn. Yeah. Um, okay, so a question I have personally, because I've never done this before, is like how to propagate and do it like correctly. And like, how do you know when like something is ready to propagate? Yeah. So propagating is relatively easy especially for like beginners like you can propagate a lot of stuff and you can go like way into like more complicated propagation i believe but um pretty much you just take like a mature plant so like any plant that looks like bountiful and like healthy and you clip it with scissors like make sure it's a clean cut because like if you tear it like it can damage the plant like the rest of it and then um, sometimes it depends on the plant, but most plants you can just clip it and that's fine. But some you want to like kind of clip it like vertically into the plant to like open it up a little okay. bit. And then you just stick it in water. And then after you do that, you just have to make sure you keep giving it fresh water. That's literally the key of it all, fresh water and sunlight. Just like stick it in your window if it's a type of plant that like can have that much light. Most house plants, like you can propagate easily in a house mm -hmm. window with sunlight. Um, but yeah, and then it's just patience because it doesn't like take like a week, it takes like a month. Oh, really? It, like maybe even two months because okay. it'll start developing like white roots. Yeah. That's how you know it's really working. And then eventually it'll start going more into like very long ones. And then eventually you can pot it, um, just like a small pot. And then you just want to like make sure that as it keeps growing you keep giving it oh sorry giving it a, a bigger pot yeah. because if you keep it in a small pot like it will restrict it and it won't grow anymore but if you keep giving it room to grow it will okay. so, yeah um what do you think is like an easy plant to take care of for like a beginner pothos any pothos um you can, they are very resilient, so you can, like, leave it in very low-light areas, um, or not water it for a week, and it will probably most likely survive, um, and they're super easy to propagate, too, so, like, my sister has a pothos plant that she propagated, and then she grew a whole other plant and propagated more from, so you're just, like, you can have endless plants your whole life as oh long gosh. as you propagate them. Yeah, and pothos are very easy and they propagate fairly quickly compared to other ones, I would say. Yeah, I like wanted a, a pothos myself. I don't know, I think they're really pretty and viney mm -hmm. and like when they're super long, you can hang them from the ceilings and it looks really nice. Yeah. 
when they, I don't know, just like watching them like get very like so long, like you can watch that over years and years. Like my friend just inherited one from her grandma that's like 20 years old and it's so long, like it covers a whole doorway and more. Like if you like wouldn't even clip it, you know, like it's been clipped down. But um, yeah, I think that's super cool. Like you can keep plants alive for so long. My friend had a terrarium which had like mosses and like different types of plants in it and it was 50 years old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, and like my other friend Maddie, like she got a bonsai tree, like that was passed down to her. I just think that's super cool that you could keep a plant alive that long. Yeah, I've actually like you can go never generations. thought about that. Yeah. I mean, I, or like heard of it, really. Mm -hmm. Like you think how long trees have been like in the ground, like as yeah. long as you take care of a plant, like it could be passed down for generations on end. Wow. Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah have you ever like planted anything from seeds and watched it grow um i did when i was a kid mm -hmm, me too. i was super fascinated with that yeah. i think every kid was i don't know oh, why yeah. like, like i would still be fascinated if i could do that myself mm -hmm. like i haven't tried but it's like just like the fact that like eventually you'll get a flower from this tiny seed yeah it's like, like, almost like a miracle in plain sight, you know what I'm saying? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tried to plant herbs in the early summer with seeds, and I did it too late. So I had to end up, like, going and getting, like, baby herbs and continuing, like, growing those. But the only things I've really grown with seeds are flowers, because flowers are, like, really fast, and, like, I think you see quicker results, um, so it's easier to, like, keep taking care of them, whereas, like, fruits and vegetables take really long, and you kind of lose interest if you don't see progress. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I feel Personally, like, I guess. like, as you go on in your, like, gardening journey, your patience would, like, build up, and you could, like, work towards, you know, like planting seeds or fruits that like maybe take like months and months to like actually see anything mm -hmm. like any fruit from it yeah it's cool it's like because I have really low patience mm -hmm. and I feel like with planting you have to have patience so in a way it like teaches you patience it definitely does I got a strawberry plant this last summer and I was like mom like why isn't like this growing this is like I should have strawberries by now right and she was like no those actually take three to five years to oh like gosh. actually like grow and harvest so yeah I had to make uh, I was like okay well I guess I'll just have this strawberry plant for the next five years and <laughs> maybe I'll get some strawberries but uh yeah it takes a while but like yeah that's dedication and consistency mm -hmm. like I don't know. Plants, like, have stuff to offer us, you know? Like, more than we have to offer them, I yeah, feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it blows my mind, like, the first person to, like, farm, like, say, a strawberry. And they were maybe expecting, like, really quick results. But, like, when they didn't, like, they kept doing it. Like, I would have probably yeah. given up. Yes, like, this is just yes. a weed. Like, this is yeah, a weed. Yeah, or, or maybe that person that. starved and the other person had to figure it out. Yeah. From the mistakes. Who? It just took trial and error. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. Okay, this probably isn't the smoothest transition, but 
We also want to talk about queerness. Because would you say like within the last couple of years, you've kind of been more public about your identity? Yeah. Or like, when did that start for you? Like, when did you realize it versus when you started telling people about it? I probably realized it like a long, long time. Not, okay. I was like, okay, why do I like feel funny? Like with boys and girls, mm -hmm. like, um, but I didn't really like start to register what that meant. Like until the older I got, maybe around like eighth grade. And then when I got into high school, I kind of like, so I told my sister when I was like a sophomore, mm -hmm. I like came out to her. Uh, yeah, my sophomore year, and I told her that I was bisexual, and then I told my friend Lindsay and a, and a few other people, but like anyone, like one time at a party, this kid came up to me and he was like, I heard you were bisexual, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's a lie, like, no way, um, so I was like very much like closeted, like I didn't want to like speak to anyone about it besides like my best friend and my sister. And then I started dating this guy when I was 19 and I really started to like question myself because I was like, all right, I think I like definitely like girls at this point. Like I know I do. And I kind of like mentioned it to my boyfriend at the time and we kind of like shrugged it off as like, haha, like college, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> right. But, um, but like internally I was like no like my I'm like stressing out over this and we ended up breaking up because of that because I like oh, wanted to really? experience like my sexuality and like live it out um so I like in really quickly after that started dating a woman and during that time I came out to my parents and at that time I was 20 so almost three years ago um, and then after that, I was, like, very public about it, mm -hmm. um, maybe, like, six months after that, because at first I, like, kind of didn't really, like, feel comfortable. I was, like, really awkward about it. Yeah. But then, like, the more I started to meet, like, other queer people and see, like, how they lived, and, like, they were very, like, public about it, I was like, I, okay, I think I can do that. Um, and, yeah, and so then ever since then, I, like, have always really, like, been public about it, like, posted about it on, like, my mm -hmm. social media, and, like, I mean, like, I don't, I wouldn't say, like, I'm an advocate, but, like, an advocate. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Um, Definitely. for queer people, especially, like, queer youth, um, just because I was, like, super confused, and I think it would have been so helpful to, like, have that information when I was younger. I think I would have avoided a lot of stress. Yeah. And a lot of, um like, confusion with myself. Yeah. Like, I would have, like, had a lot of, like, happier moments and times, but my, if my, like, sexuality hadn't been, like, bothering me at that time right. because of it. Definitely. I know, like, the rates of homelessness in, like, LGBTQ youth are, is, like, really alarming. Yeah. And I don't know, I think I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, like, the rates, I can't remember, but it was, like, way higher than just, like, your average teenager, average youth. Um, and I don't know, I, yeah, like, it's, I it's, don't know, I don't know how to fix these issues, but it's like, obviously supporting groups and stuff, but I don't know, I don't know. It is scary, because 
I, and I've and I've heard that statistic before because like we've talked about it in my class and dude, I mean with like any number, I'm like I don't know, <laughs> but um, it's like alarming. It's a very alarming number. Any any number of like a homeless child or a homeless like person person without a home is an alarming number. But um, yeah, if I would have had that information or my parents would have had that information more um, importantly. I think it would have been a lot better of mm -hmm. having like a childhood where like queerness was introduced to me. Yeah. Okay, guys, I found the stats. Okay, what is? Um, it can be up to forty percent, which, in turn, is in comparison to like just your cis straight um like counterpart is um more than one hundred twenty percent likely to end up homeless than like your quote average person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that statistic is driven by, you know, a lot of what you see here where, you know, a lot of close-minded people fight with their kids of different mm -hmm. opinions and start to disown them, mm -hmm. and I think that, like, I mean, I knew that, like, the first queer person I knew was Ryan, he's a mutual friend of us three, at least, I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. Ryan, yeah, yeah. but um, he, like, our senior year of high school, he was like, I think my parents are going to find out I'm gay. Can you get a bed ready in case I have to come over? Because yeah. they might just kick me out. And I was like, yeah. And yeah. after that, I was like, that is fucked up. But no, that that happens to people all the time in Nebraska. It's almost every date I've been on with a queer person. Like the conversations always like leads to like, how did your parents take it? Yeah. And every date that's happened in Nebraska, almost every date, besides my my partner, her parents. We're the exception. They're amazing. Um, <laughs> they've always been like, yeah, they just didn't take it great. They didn't say anything or they like exploded. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that is every single person's parents in Nebraska. Obviously, like I know there's amazing parents out there. A lot of my friends have those amazing parents because like they have helped me. Mm -hmm. um, and... But yeah, it, it's always, it's terrifying, like, how many <laughs> parents don't understand their children. And it, mm -hmm. it all comes from understanding. Um, I don't think it's, it's, yeah, it just stems from, like, you're afraid of what you don't know. And if you don't know it, you don't talk about it, it's always been something that's, like, super taboo. You're, you don't want to open yourself up to those doors. Like, you don't want to, like, unleash that like can of worms um and I think a lot that's like a lot of what our parents struggle with because like ignorance is bliss obviously yeah oh yeah you don't have to confront these like serious issues facing mm -hmm. people in like a community does that doesn't directly affect you yeah yeah until it does and then absolutely. you go absolutely nuts and it's your it's like, kid yeah, yeah it's like I have to learn something different when mm -hmm. I've heard all this you know, information that has made me, like, totally closed off to that community, and now, like, one has kind of, like, infiltrated my living space. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of people, I think, feel like, and yeah. it's kind of messed up. Yeah. And there's, like, an awareness curve going on with, like, the generations, I think, where it's, like, quicker and quicker, you're expected to, you have higher expectations of, like, yes. what you should consider you, and it's, like, obviously everything, everyone. Yeah. But, like, that is being met at like such a fast rate now that like I, I get in a lot of ways why those people can't get with that like mm -hmm. you know like literally can't 
make that connection, but there still has to be like, uh, like accountability. As far yes. As like, yeah. It, it is possible to, you know, still get there. Yes. It's gonna be harder, but right. That's, uh, that's the point. All changes hard though. But yeah, mm -hmm. like, it is. a lot of these people are like, what do you mean my wife can work a job now? And, like, <laughs> and, and, oh, now you're telling me that black people can be equal too? And, yeah. And then, and then there's like a bunch of like social movements that have happened in the last 20 years. And it's like, right. it's crazy progress. Because I mean, especially when like the 2016 election went on, like you saw all that stuff about like Hillary Clinton like thinking that gay marriage wasn't a legit marriage. And yeah. obviously she changed, but if people use that to like tear her down. But like it just goes to show that like the nineteen nineties were such a different time yeah. and yeah. that kind of yeah. rapid change usually took generations. Yeah. And it is all happening in like fifteen years. The so we were just talking about the nineties at my house the other day. Uh -huh. Of how hard they pushed like the American agenda. Oh like, yeah. After like the seventies and eighties, because we were talking about fashion, like post Reagan era. Yeah. yeah. And how like in the sixties and seventies, men really like veered more towards like a queer look. Like they had like wore short shorts and like mm -hmm. crop tops and um like makeup, and mm -hmm. it wasn't. Yes. It wasn't weird. Well, like, if you even look at the music and, like, who, like, the performers of that mm -hmm. era, like, a lot of times they did have, like, makeup and they wore, mm -hmm. like, kind of femme, like, more femme clothing. Yeah. And so it's, like... And it was, like, it was so accepted. And mm -hmm. then, I mean, and it was all, like, part of, like, the counterculture, like, breaking down Yeah. what these, like, norms are. And then the 90s just, like, long shorts shirts oh. down to your knees mm -hmm. like everybody has to play these roles right yeah 90s were a weird time um but also gave us some good looks too in the fashion oh industry i hate to say That's it so but heroin chic heroin chic yeah heroin chic absolutely the one size too big flannel mm -hmm. oh my gosh yes well, I think that's, like, especially, like, grunge stuff. I think you went kind of the opposite way of, like, the 60s and 70s where, like, people were, like, you know, we're going to wear, like, everyone wears, like, small clothing and, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's more about your, like, everyone's just, like, super okay with their bodies and whatever. And then the 90s is, like, ambiguize, or ambiguize, I guess is the word? Now that I say it, it twice? Yeah. Um, made your it whole up. body. And, like, <laughs> no, like, everyone kind of looks the same in the grunge scene yeah. because mm -hmm. every person has long hair big sh or big pants or big shorts and a big shirt and yeah. like a giant flannel on top of it yeah so and that was like the counterculture because everyone wanted you to wear a yes. suit mm -hmm. and shit like that so it was definitely That's like so fuck the suit yeah <laughs> of the Seriously. 90s yeah. yeah fuck it today seriously <laughs> hey i own a suit come on no but like <laughs> your brain doesn't feel one though i feel like the older i get the more i realize how um sexuality and gender identity are such a spectrum, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, it it, it makes sense, like, how it can be fluid, you know? Because, mm -hmm. like, I feel that way. I don't, like, put labels on it or anything, because it just, it just feels like this is a part of me, you know? Like, but... Yeah. Yes. I don't... I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I saw a tweet the other day, <laughs> and it said that, like, 
bisexuality should be the default instead of straight because it's like here's your options uh, um, right. um and I thought that was really funny but like yeah fluidity definitely is huge um because people always ask me like what is your sexuality and I literally never have an answer for them um yeah because like I really I, I don't know like I, I like men I like women like, I like everyone, Everything like, I like any identity, yes. but uh, it, like, comes and goes, which I prefer more. That's why I think it's, like, a sliding scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, same with my, like, gender. That's why I, like, now I don't, I, I don't identify, identify as non-binary, mm-hmm. because I had never heard of that until, like, two years ago. Yeah. And I went on a date with someone who's non-binary, and I found it so fascinating, and I was just really intrigued. And then all of my classes this last semester, um, I learned, like, all about genders and, like, sexualities. Um, and it was really interesting, and I was like, that's something I could be into for sure. <laughs> yes. um, like, I think that's something that I could identify as. And, like, the more I started thinking about it and learning about it and, like, reading a ton of books about it. We had, we read so many books, like, this last semester about, um, like, gender fluidity and just, um, like, gender non-conforming people and anything. Um, so, yeah, and then I, like, recently came out, like, only a few months ago as non-binary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think it's really interesting of the, like... The scale, like everything's yeah. on the scale, like nothing is like a hundred percent, and yes. I mean, like you could argue that either way you wanted. Um, um, is there potential for that in everybody, or is so is it like the degree you understand that that is going on? Yeah, or I mean, it... like how I think of it is like a scale, like is from like zero to a hundred, right? Kind yeah. of like say that's your scale. Um, but like I feel like you can be on zero and you can be on a hundred. Mm-hmm. And you can stay there if you want, like, but I, I do think this scale can slide, like, if you want it to. If you want to slide, slide. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. No, so no. You're saying it's simple. So what you're saying is it's simple. Yeah. It shouldn't Well, I feel like I didn't really understand, like, non-binary and, like, gender identity, like, until I, like, started wrestling with it myself. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I feel like for, like, the outside person it can be hard to, like, understand what it's like, um, to be dealing with, like, these kind of, like, thoughts and stuff like that, and so, like, do you have any, like, advice on how people who don't identify as, like, LGBTQ or, like, in the, like, community, like, how they can educate themselves and, like, better try and understand what it means to identify a certain way? Yeah, um, I think, like, We forget that questioning is in LGBTQ, like queer and questioning. So like if you are questioning your like sexuality, I think it's a really good thing to like first understand that that's okay. Because I feel like a lot of people first off the bat, um, just because of like how society has like groomed us, is um, very scary to like make changes to your identity in any way. Um, so I think just, like, to be open, and it's very hard to, like, get to that step, but I think surrounding yourself with, like, understanding people 
and just because we're in the age of like social media understanding feed like social media feed that was one thing that I really like kind of made a point to do was switch my social media more to like adding people who look like me and talk like me and like think mm -hmm. in my sort of way because it made me feel like okay, these people aren't around me right now. Like, I can't find those people, like, because of where I'm at in life. But I know that there's people out there that are like me. Um, so I think that just kind of in that sort of way, like, that small way is really important. Um, and just, like, reading. Like, you can read so many things. You have the internet. Like, okay, like, the internet is endless. Right. Um, and I think that's really important is to like educate yourself instead of asking other people questions. Yes. Um, I don't think it's like other people, I don't think it's queer people, like they're, it's not their duty to educate you. No. Just like, it's not like, like any like person of color's duty to educate you. Exactly. Like, yes. You should take the time to educate yourself on people who aren't like you mm -hmm. in any sort of way. Um. Just, well, like, yeah. look at, like, who's in your community. Exactly. And, and like, try to in, engulf yourself in, like, some... Something that's right. not, like, common Like, a to you. different community than yours. I feel like um, that's how we create a general sense of, like, empathy for one another. Like, trying to understand what it's like from this person's point of view, you know? Mm -hmm. Which is, like, how we improve the world, just so you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of people that need to find their people, so yes. it's making that easier. Mm -hmm. um, it's all a good thing, I think. Yeah, and it is hard because, I mean, there are people that don't have resources to do those sorts of things, to, like, have, like, social media or, like, anything like that, or even, like, be able to listen to this podcast mm -hmm. and, like, hear that sort of thing. Definitely. So I just think it's always, like, starting with yourself in your community, like, because it always stretches. It's always a spider web of, like, you extend to someone and that someone extends to, like, other people. It's, like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure, like, especially in this day and age and era with, like, everything going on, like, if you guys have felt, like, kind of, like, powerless of, like, doing, mm -hmm. like, not being able to do anything. Yeah. I think it's definitely just like starting with yourself and starting with like others, like how you can help right. one person mm -hmm. or how you can educate yourself yeah. just a teeny bit. Yeah, you've probably heard this given your what you love to do, but you're, that leads right into like one of my favorite quotes, which is tend to the part of the garden that you can touch. Yes. Have you heard this? I have not. No, I, I love that too. That yeah. is perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I, that's how I kind of see it, mm -hmm. especially at a time right now, like, look, all those things you see out in the distance that you want, that's like calling your name, like everything you see on TV, like mm -hmm. that stuff's there and it's really sad, but like you, you're not there. You can't reach that far. Like, yeah. Look at what's right around you. There's, yes. there's, there's smaller little things that are all connected to that, mm -hmm. but you have to do them first to get to that point. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and it's like, that. it's really about like getting involved in your community, whether that's like volunteering or like helping put together like different festivals or celebrations but mm -hmm. I don't know I think if you're like looking for a way to meet people um that aren't like you that's a really good way to start because I know that's how I've met people who um don't look like me or identify like I do yeah and I think the big takeaway from doing some experience just one experience like that is that 
at least in my, in my case, it's that those people that are different are never like as different as I think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And like, they do so many things the same way, like the important things. It's like, wow, it's really easy to think that's not going to be the case mm-hmm. just for whatever reason, you know, and then you find out, yeah, literally the same. Yeah. A lot it's of people hard. don't have that experience. Yeah. And it really affects how they see other people. It's hard to forget that, I mean, it's easy to forget that we're all human, like we're all <laughs> the same creature. <laughs> um, yeah. Seriously. And we all go, we do, like, in big ways and small ways, we go, we all go through a lot of the same things. And I think just like listening to other people is like a way to really just connect in that way. Like, I think it's amazing how many things you can connect with someone on as long as like you're listening and you're like just even like noticing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we just get myself included for all of this. Like I'm not like sitting here like so like <laughs> self righteous person. Like this is like I will always like take a check to my name. Like always like let me know yes. and always because it is. It, we, we are not perfect. I know I fuck up every single day, all the time, um, and like obviously it's like hard to swallow that, but I think if like we just all, all a little bit try, I don't know where I was going with that, but. It's, it's a good point though. I think a lot of people need to hear that because they don't think that there's anything to try, mm-hmm. or they can't try. Yeah. Or I'm mean, doing fine right now. Yeah. Or they don't need to try. Yeah, exactly. So there's a couple levels to it, right? Definitely. Yes, yes you, you need to try and you can try. Mm-hmm. And everyone's better off. Yeah. Well, like, we got, like, poisoned, like, in, I think, through, like, especially learning history that, like, oh American gosh. individualism really fucked me up, at least. Mm-hmm. And, like, I used to be someone that was, like, I'm doing just fine. So I was, like, pretty libertarian with like you know you can just like let people do what they want because i can do my stuff fine and i assume that on everyone else Mm -hmm. and even though like there are people who have it way better than me and way worse i just assume that everyone can live to my standard of like being just okay and they're not people that are like that. Yeah, it's like being politically agnostic. Exactly. And it's <laughs> yeah, like, that's, just, that's exactly what it's like. It's yeah. like, please, like, and I definitely realized through, like, my aunt who, I mean, I just lived in Benson for a long time, basically, because she lived up there and I was just visiting her all the time. Like, you know, they had, like, a perfect, you know, single family house that they were paying the more, like, keeping up with the Joneses kind of stuff, but they are like, mm-hmm. super liberal. They're like, Oh yeah, if my kid broke his arm, I guess we're making an at-home cast because we can't afford it to go to the, like, and like it kind of like taught me like, oh yeah, yeah. Er- there's something about every part of someone's life that is fucked. Yeah. And like, you mm-hmm. can, we can all like try to like recognize that and like help with that. Mm-hmm. No one is really like a hundred percent secure and safe that's the, at this level. That's the know? big catch about, I call like the big catch of the West because like, I you, like know, that. Like, you know, like every everyone sees someone else they think would they want to be like they mm-hmm. they, they yes. think they want to be yes. they don't because when you get there you know you know the story but that's the catch is that no matter where you at, are at in the tower you're still on the inside not not complete and so you coast through your entire life seeking one thing when the other thing you already had but you never recognized it and that is why like no matter who you are it's you're not gonna have that inner peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very... Well, and, like, you can, you can break down a lot of these, like, 
you know, white rich families in Pavilion by like, you know, them like clinging to their uh, work hard to earn your honest dollar uh, <laughs> ideals and like pull yourself up by your bootstraps yes. by being like, well, like what what's the point at the end of the day when like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos makes twenty five billion dollars more than you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why not help? <laughs> So, oh you know, it, they, it just breaks down. It's like, mm. you really think that you would want or you would need $25 billion when you're so happy with your, your salary right now? Like, you know, mm -hmm. just the grass is always greener on the next floor up, yeah. or the penthouse above you, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Definitely. I feel like not even money either. Like, there's oh, other yeah. things. Like, I feel like there's just like one thing in your life that's always just like insatiable like you just cannot quen like i don't know you can't yeah. just like you can never satisfy yourself and it's oh, yeah. always gonna leave you feeling even more unsatisfied yeah and like people will do anything like they'll live like their entire the rest of their like or the the rest of their life fake around that one thing mm -hmm. and then be like okay whatever like i mean you see a lot with materialism too yeah. you know whether it's like buying fake Louis Vuitton or, or like yeah. going, going into, into debt, debt to that buy stuff. that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you have to have the real stuff. So, you exactly. know. I think that's a big thing with like traveling too. Yeah. Like traveling to like kind of escape everything. And that's something I've definitely learned. Like <laughs> depression does not like care where the fuck you are. Yeah. Like <laughs> it will like care, like go anywhere or mm -hmm. any of your problems. Like, I don't, like, it's going to follow you. Mm -hmm. So I think, like, the whole mentality of, like, running away, or not running away, but, like, just traveling and, like, free, feeling free. And, like, you do, like, for a moment. But, like, it doesn't always cure. It, yeah. like, catches up with you. It does, yeah. 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 And, like, travel, like, Insta travel vlogs are, like, just very <laughs> bad for your mental health. Triggering, dude. Yeah. Triggering. Cause you see like a picture of like a hike and then you probably, and I bet that person mm -hmm. like also just went back to their hotel room and was like, okay, I'm just going to like veg out because I've been traveling for like years to keep up my Instagram posts. So it's like, fuck. <laughs> it's bad. When I came back home, I had to like, not because I don't, I love all these people, but I like had to mute them or like unfollow some of them just cause I couldn't like handle like the jealousy of like I'm not there anymore mm -hmm. oh yeah and like I'm not living that way or like anything like that it just it's I don't know it's bad it is yeah I mean it's like it's like an ugly part of yourself but mm -hmm. it's like especially jealousy like I get that pretty bad too and it's like yeah mm -hmm. you know like if you recognize it, I feel like it makes it oh, and like especially like laughing about it like you just did like <laughs> once you kind of be like oh my god it's so stupid that I'm like I'm jealous, but it's like a real thing. Then yeah. it makes it easier to get over. I think so. like, jealousy is definitely a feeling we don't talk about enough. Yeah. But I think it's something that we all feel so often that like, I don't know, like I had an experience with jealousy like a, like a month ago, and I was very jealous of my friend because she had like a lot of money. Oh, right. <laughs> like she had like come into a lot of money, um, and I was so I was like, oh my gosh, like. I'm so jealous and I just had to say it to myself I'm like you're just mad because you're jealous like yeah. just live with it like it's fine and I, I don't know that just was a moment of my life like a very defining moment of like damn like I was kind of bitter like, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's like the human condition, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, especially with, like, if your friend has money, and then you're like, well, wait, I don't have that much money. Am I not as good as them? And then you get, like, that whole mm-hmm. socioeconomic fuck up mm-hmm. about yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that, especially with jealousy, you, uh, like, how many relationships do you know that, like, would have just probably went on a lot longer if... You know, someone wasn't, like, super jealous mm-hmm. and made a big sting about it. So, yeah. You know, yeah. If, you, if you were just like, hey, I'm, like, I'm really jealous that you went out with, or, like, of your other guy friend because of this thing, you know, then, like, they probably could have gotten over it. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen that, like, multiple times, so. Yes. You just have to, like, vocalize it, and then usually you can work through it after you, like, admit it by saying it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. It's a big problem we can easily deal with, but it's embarrassing to deal with, mm-hmm. so. I think sometimes of just being like, hey, this is making me kind of jealous right now. Like, I don't want to feel that way, so I'm going to, like, separate some part of me or, like, I, I, like kind of censor. I don't know. I don't think that's, yeah. that's kind of. No, because, you, yeah, because you, the, the jealousy emotion is just kind of passing through, right? Mm-hmm. You're not actually that thing. Yeah. It's definitely something separate from you. Yeah. So it's just like recognizing that that came at a certain point, so it'll also leave at a certain point. Yes. You don't have to act on it mm-hmm. as if you are. That jealousy is kind of how I see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Thanks for coming on yeah. the pod today. I really yeah. appreciate it. This was, this was great. I can't yes. wait to re-listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. For real. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Yeah.